Spirit of Christmas lives in your heart, though, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Polar Express Week here on We Read the Book. I'm Adam Hick. And I'm Lois Mitchell. And it is Christmas. Christmas! It's the most wonderful time of the year, aside from January until April when they sell hot cross buns. Yeah. <laughs> also, in Australia, it is hot. <laughs> yes. Well, that's, I think- that's not so bad. It's just that this summer is supposed to be exceedingly hot. So enjoy your snow, you lucky Heathens, People. you lucky bastards. There's no swearing on candle nights. I'm going to be in the snow as well. So, ha ha, ha ha, ha ha. It is like genuinely good. Like, I don't think a very like people from snowy countries appreciate just how much Australians like are amazed by snow yeah. at Christmas. Yeah. Uh, our question of the week this week What other major holiday would you give its own unique form of transport and where would it go? So, obviously, uh, in the movie, The Polar Express, the titular Polar Express takes you to the North Pole for Christmas. So what other, like, big holiday would you have a, a, its own transport form for and where would it go? When you said this, the only thing that sprung to mind was in, um, what's that animated movie that's got, like, the Tinkerbell and the Sandman? Oh, Rise of the Guardians? Rise of the Guardians, yeah, and how Hugh Jackman plays the Easter Bunny or he voices the Easter Bunny. Um, so I guess... It would be that version of the Easter Bunny, and it would go to Australia. <laughs> oh no, it would go to it would go to that weird underground like egg place that he had in the movie. Why wouldn't it go to Easter Island? Because Easter Island's not actually Easter place. But it would make sense though. No, it would go to that underground like egg place that he had in the movie. Okay, I've not seen this movie. But oh my god, you haven't seen Rise of the Guardians? No. Oh my god, Adam, you would love it. It is. Like, I, I get that feeling. No joke. It is such a good movie. Uh, so I would have, uh, I think the holiday that I would pick is the Queen's birthday. Yeah. So this is a holiday that we have in Australia. And I would just have. Well, I think they have it in England as well, but yeah. Well, no, I know. But like we, so we have in Australia at different times in different states, depending on where you live. So here on, on the west side of the country, it's a different month to the east side of the country. Yeah. And. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think either of them are actually the Queen's birthday. No, they're not. Yeah, which always gets me. But so I would have a uh, a a like a Buckingham Palace style carriage, and that's that's where it would take you, like along like a mythical, you know, some sort of air road to Buckingham Palace. Yeah. And you just rock up uh, on on the Australian version of the Queen's birthday to Buckingham Palace, and you're like, I'm here for the Queen's birthday, and they're yeah. like, You're about three months off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's talk about joyful Christmas things. It's the Polar Express. Yay! So let's take a vote, a book or film. So we're looking at the 1985 Chris Van Allsburg illustrated kids book and the 2004 Robert Zemeckis animated film. Which did you prefer? This is a tough one. I listened to the book. I did what I usually do and I went on YouTube and I found someone reading it and it was actually... Um, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, <laughs> <laughs> which was amazing. <laughs> Um, so, but the one I clicked on didn't show the pages of the book. So then I went back and watched another one that did. I think I'm going to go with book. That's a tough one for me. I really loved the movie, but we will get into what Adam's opinions of said movie are in a moment. Yeah, this is unquestionably book for me. Uh, (laughs) And and I have to caveat this. I did not hate the film. The film was not a bad film. I would even go so far as to say it is a good film. But I cannot get over the CGI, and for that reason, the uh, magic of the book and the magic of the fact that it was read by Liam Neeson, because I did the same thing, uh, I was just like, yes, I accept this wholeheartedly. Yeah, I could listen, Merry Christmas, everyone. I could listen to Liam Neeson talk forever. I know it's like a very Liam Neeson joke to make, but I was like, at some point I wanted him to stand up and be like, I, I, will fi- I don't know who you are, you, but I'll find you, you, and I'll give you gifts. <laughs> Santa said... I will find you and I will kill you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I scrolled through the comments on that video and there were about 9,000 people making the same joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Liam Neeson. Like, yeah. it's the only thing he's going to be remembered for. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Um, no, I think he likes it. Oh, I'm sure he likes it. I think it. he's like, I feel this he's is my thing like, now. Yeah, he, he's definitely someone who can uh, self-deprecate yeah. pretty well. 
So is it a good adaptation? I think it is. Uh, because um, CGI aside, I mean, because that really has nothing to do with it. I think they lit that everything that is in the book is in the film. It's just that they have to pad out the film with a bunch of extra stuff. But I don't feel that, that weakens it, except for one kind of prolonged bit in the middle where I was just like, okay, more antics. Uh, oh, but I liked the prolonged no, bit no, in the I middle. Know, I know. I'm not saying I'm not, again. I'm not saying that was bad, but I was like, this is evidently padding. Um, because it doesn't really further the plot so much a yeah. lot of the time as it does just kind of provide extra action. It did kind of like boost some character development. The, yeah, it furthers the magic, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, as as movies go, I think it's a pretty good adaptation, all things considered. Yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, really true to the source material where it can be down to some of the things that are said. Um, some of the shots, like they have the shot of the train outside the house, which is practically um, note for note, apart from being made more three-dimensional, the image from the front of the book. So, yeah, I think it's a really great adaptation. Yeah. So a plot summary for those of you who aren't familiar with the Polo Express. A young boy awakes on Christmas Eve to find a train called the Polo Express waiting to take him to the North Pole. He journeys there with other children to meet Santa, where he receives a gift that embodies the spirit of uh, so let's talk about the cast. So we have Daryl Sabara as the hero boy. It, this is the first time I think I've ever come across like a major like motion picture where the protagonist is has no name. Yeah, I can think of one other that I know of, um, which is Annihilation, which is also an adaptation. Do they not name her in that? Yeah, none of the characters have names. Wow. Um, that's a, well, that's a very deliberate choice. I think her. some of the ones that don't go on the journey, like her husband, I think has a name. Um, but yeah, basically like the team is like the scientist, the geologist, the psychologist and the, um, something else, like the army person or something. That's just how they're referred to. I, I did think it was a little bit odd that they didn't give them names, especially for a kid's movie, but you don't, it works. I don't, yeah, I don't think you noticed like over the course of the film, I wasn't like, oh, I need to know his name. Yeah. I do think it's funny that in the listing of the, the cast, uh, on, on Wikipedia, at least, uh, that so the hero boy and the hero girl, and then Billy the lonely boy. <laughs> it is I'm sorry, Billy. Yeah, it is weird that Billy gets a name and the other two don't. Like, if you're going to do that, why not not name anybody? Yeah, yeah. So Daryl Sabara is the hero boy, and then like alongside him, I guess, is Nona Gay as the hero girl, daughter of Marvin Gay, and oh, cool. also she was in the Matrix as Z. So she is uh, reasonably old at this point. She's definitely in her 20s when this is recorded. Oh, okay. Uh, Daryl Sabara is the boy from Spy Kids. Nice. <laughs> That's nice, a nice, good nice. old Spy Kids reference for you. Uh, Spy Kids, so good. Remember when they just thought, thought a bunch of giant thumbs? <laughs> what a weird film. <laughs> it's such a weird film. Uh, yeah, they're, they're all right for, for kid actors in this. I yeah. think... Um, I feel like Nona Gay's performance is probably a little bit better, but she maybe has more lines. Yeah, I was more interested in her as a character. I agree. I was a bit annoyed by the hero boy. It feels at the like end. The, it feels like because he should have like this character progression thing, but I felt like it was just this straight line and then like sharp spike right at the end. Yeah, definitely. I didn't really like they kept hinting at the doubtfulness thing, but it wasn't shown. Yeah. Like, they'd, they'd have characters be like, you're doubtful, but it's like, he w- he didn't seem doubtful to me. I don't know. I was kind of missing something it, yeah, with him. It, I, it yeah, it felt a little strange. But then, uh, alongside, I, I did feel like um, the hero girl's journey does kind of proceed in yeah. that direction, uh, like which is about her being decisive. Yeah. But their, their vocal performances are fine in this. I think they got someone else to sing the song that she sings. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then Jimmy Bennett as Billy the Lonely Boy. The only thing I recognised him from, like in his cast, like appearance history, is that he was uh, one of the sons in Evan Almighty. <laughs> he was cool. fine. He has memorable lines in this, really, except that he's very excited about his present. Uh, and then, uh, really, the only person we're here to talk about in the voice cast is Tom Hanks. Yeah. As almost everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as Santa Claus uh, and the hobo, but mostly the conductor. Yeah. Um, he's really good. Yeah, he is really. I good. really liked him in this. Yeah. Um, and well, I mean, like. What do you watch that you're like? Oh, Tom. Yeah. Oh, I, Tom Hanks. I don't like Tom Hanks in that. Like he's he's a just Incredible a wonderful human. Yeah. 
Um, but I think in particular his... So uh, now I've said that, something's going to happen. Yeah. His um, <laughs> variation, it was really good, you know? Like, they're, they're very different. Like, you could tell it was Tom Hanks, but the, his Santa voice and his hobo voice and his uh, conductor voice are all very distinct. Yeah. Um, and again, I think we were talking about another movie a few weeks ago and I said how... Oh, it was The Jungle Book, how I could tell it was Bill Murray and it was just Bill Murray being Bill Murray. With this, even though I could tell it was Tom Hanks, I, I was thinking about how for a kid it wouldn't be so blatantly obvious. Yeah. Because they wouldn't know the actor. So, And and there was enough variation between his performances that maybe a kid wouldn't pick it up. Yeah, I, def- I definitely think that. Yeah. I, I would strongly suspect most of them wouldn't pick up that it was the same person. Uh, but, yeah, so kudos, Tom Hanks. Good job. Yeah. Uh, and then the weird cameo in this film is Steven Tyler, lead singer of Aerosmith, as the elf singer. Such a weird thing. But it's one of those things where they like they made the character look like him, and I'm yeah. just like, oh, this is so weird. That like, was that was one of the points where talk, we're about to talk about the CGI, but like that was one of the points where I was like, ugh, I literally like like almost recoiled from the screen because I was like, oh no, that. That's unpleasant. I don't. Mm. I didn't. Wasn't expecting to see that in CGI form, and it's on an elf as well. Yeah, very strange. It was weird. Uh, so let's talk CGI. Let's talk Uncanny Valley, because boy howdy, does this film dip into it? I did not find that at all. I really did. So we're coming from. So so tell me, like, you just didn't notice, didn't think anything was amiss. I mean, I didn't think the people looked real. I didn't think anyone looked real or anything looked real. But I feel like that's what they were going for. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. So, see, now I have no problem with the CGI, I think, for, like, the train in particular. Lovely. Awesome. Loved it. Uh, any scenery stuff. Really good. It was just as soon as they tried to do faces, I was like, oh, I can, I don't feel right. Oh, no, I didn't notice that. I was just like, oh, well, this is just the animation style. There were a lot of, it's funny because, like, when I was reading, you know, what's the general consensus on reviews on this because... It seems to have become like a cult hit almost for a Christmas mm-hmm. film, which is which kind of surprised me. I thought it was just one of those ones that was kind of a little bit forgettable, but apparently this has really like had a bit of longevity to it. Well, I think for a lot of people, the book is a classic. Yeah, the book. The book is Arrow very well would have received. Grown up having it read to them. Yeah, and most of the reviews, I think, because like plot great, you know, characters great, but uh, a lot of them did say this is in spite of some awkward CGI moments. I. Yeah, I was really just drawn in to the film. Like, I was trying to do some other things while I was watching it, and I kept finding myself just, like, sitting there watching instead of doing what doing my other things that I was trying to do. Yeah. It is interesting, because Roger Ebert, like, famous film critic Roger Ebert, um, reviewed this and said, uh, yeah, like, there is, this is, like, you, you do notice it, but it lends the film this air of like it's and the, the atmosphere around this is a christmas film it's not like holly jolly let's all have a good time yeah. there's a there's an an aura of eeriness about this film sometimes and it makes you feel like anything can happen and that's what he was saying about it yeah i think any anything that i noticed that i was like oh that's weird i guess i chalked up to it being a an actual decision to make it that way for the feel of the film as opposed to being like, oh, they didn't get that quite right. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. So I think that's why it felt okay to me because I was like, well, they've obviously this is obviously just their style, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's dig into the plot, shall we? Mm-hmm. So uh, we open up with, uh, okay, we'll just call it like very between the boy and the hero boy. Yeah. Um, uh, and he is lying in his bed on Christmas Eve, awake but trying not to move because he wants to hear sleigh bells. Which is a good hook, I think. Like, I was I was kind of, like, into it. Instantly, you're like, okay, this is his journey. Like, he's a little sceptical about Christmas. And this is because, you know, a, a boy at school told him, oh, Santa's not real. And so this is his first, like, time hearing. And this is a real popular thing, you know, amongst kids. And then, like, probably an eternal debate. Like, right, do, do you tell your kids? Like, and every parent's going to have differing views. So it's instantly very relatable for, for little ones. Yeah. Um, and I like that this film is just full war. Like, yeah, if you want to believe in Santa, go for it. Yeah, but it takes the tack that, like, well, if anyone tells you that they don't believe, it almost double double plays it. So it says, if you don't believe, then the magic isn't real anymore for you mm. because of the way it ends. Uh, so he wants to hear sleigh bells but can't. But what he does here is a train arriving outside his house. Um, they pad they pad this out a little more in the book here with you know him going out and seeing and seeing shadows and all that sort of stuff. But that just kind of furthers the the, the theme there. 
And so the train rocks up, uh, which is an awesome scene. Love it. Uh, they lift that image from the books. Really cool. It's all, I love how it's like shrouded in steam and then it just melts away to reveal this awesome. I like, I, I love trains as a kid. So I was like, yes, all aboard. You're such a boy. I, a boy. I was big on Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, real big on Thomas the Tank Engine. So uh, I would have been like that know it, the know it all kid who's like, this is a DC 37 uh, steam engine. <laughs> and the conductor is inviting him to come aboard. And he's a little reluctant, but... Uh, he... It lo- even looks like Tom Hanks as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, except for that bit where he takes his hat off to uh, to salute Santa, and you're like, oh, no, he's super bald. <laughs> he's That's super weird. Bald. Put the hat back on. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, bald Tom Hanks, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like that, again, I like this kind of element of the conductor and, and him. He's not just, you know, like, oh, I'm definitely here to put you on the train no matter what. Happy, happy, happy. Like, he's... A bit of a mysterious character, like, and he's he's got a personality, you know. Yeah. So he does. He says no, but then as the train's pulling away, he jumps onto the train, and they go to pick up another child. Um, or he meets he meets the know-it-all boy. He oh meets boy, is this cute? Irritating oh, as God, hell. He's so annoying. This isn't. This is a brand new uh, inclusion for yeah. the film. Is this one voiced by Tom Hanks? No, no. Okay. There, there is a kid who voices oh, this okay. one. Because I was like, almost like, is this someone's like they just push the sliders up on Tom <laughs> no. Hanks's voice? No. Yeah, oh I hate God. him. It's so annoying, but also accurate. And you get to meet Hero Girl as well. Yeah, Hero, Hero Girl. Who? Uh, person of color. Awesome. Yeah. Good job. That's that's good. Yeah, they stop at another house, like you were saying, uh, outside, and uh, pick up Billy the Lonely Boy. <laughs> yeah. So they specifically mention. So this is the start of like what is my favorite inclusion in the movie and the reason that I had a hard time picking between the book and the movie. So this is the inclusion of Billy. Uh, so they specifically mention, Oh, we're going to the other side of the tracks. And so when they pull up at Billy's house, it's a lot smaller. It's not surrounded by other houses. It's like, looks like it's maybe in a construction area or industrial area. And, um, and when he comes out, he's, he says, no, I don't want to get on. And then when the train starts pulling away. He also decides he wants to get on, so he starts running, but he trips and falls. And so Hero Boy pulls the emergency brake. And um, what the point I was going to make about this was that um, the Tom Hanks conductor character shouts at the shouts at the kids, like actually gets angry with them until they say to him because he's all about the train being on time. Yeah, and so he's he's not being like or, like truly awful, but he's angry with them. We, I think we've discussed before, like, for kids, for a lot of kids, and what you'd hope is the worst experience they'd have in your, in their life, um, is an adult getting angry at them. Yeah. You know, is, is he okay? Is he safe? And especially, like, modern kids with, like, all stranger danger and that kind of thing, like... But, yeah, so they they um, they um let Billy on the train, but he goes and sits in the back car. Because he's lonely. Because he's yeah. a lonely boy. <laughs> yeah. But everyone does get hot chocolate. This is the weirdest part of the film, right? No, I love this bit. It's so weird. Like, it's great because it's so, like, it's just, this is, like, my closest analogy to something we've done on this podcast is the skeletons in uh, Miss Peregrine's, the skeleton army. Oh, yeah. Because it's just, like, out of, you're like, what? <laughs> skeletons? But in this, like, there's just this army of, like, uh, identical waiters who come out, like, create magic tables, give everyone hot chocolate in this routine, which Doing is, Doing like, the splits and stuff. Yeah, it just, it's... They sing a hot chocolate song. I don't know why you think that's weird. <laughs> it's just because it's out of nowhere and suddenly, like, Tom it's Hanks is doing a musical great. about it's hot fantastic. chocolate. It's fantastic. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Um, and the hero girl saves a mug for Billy. Uh, so all these people, all the waiters disappear again. Uh, and then she uh, wants to cross over to the car, uh, to the other car, but they're like, no, you can't do that because, you know, it's, it's literally, it's there's no, it's not even a walkway on this train. It's, like, yeah. it's just straight over the couplings. That's a trauma I know. You're a nerd. <laughs> um, and so the conductor's like, oh, you want you want to give a, a hot chocolate? Well, let's go take it to him. And so they nip off in the other car. But the hero boy notices that the girl's left her ticket behind. So he's been, the, the conductor's been punching everyone's tickets. And he's been leaving the start of a message on someone as well. He would like writes letters in them. I really like like him like quick punching his ticket and doing yeah. like this like ho-hum. Like he's, he knows what he's doing already. It's very, yeah. One of my favourite things about the conductor is they just never explain him. Yeah. They know, I, I was, as the film was kind of developing and you meet like the hobo and so I was like, is are him, because Tom Hanks is voicing him, or are they all supposed to be the same character? You know, like a, a three ghosts of Christmas thing. 
But no, they're just like they just don't explain him. He just has this weird relationship where he just takes this train to to the North Pole and back, and he's not like doesn't even seem to be just like on super friendly terms. Like he doesn't hang out with Sandra every day or anything like that. Yeah, I um I loved the inclusion of his um his pocket watch. Mm. Um, so the the train conductor's really um really upset that they're not going to make time. But when you finally see his um pocket watch, it's got like it's not just it's not a clock. It's got like a section that's red that says late and then a section that's white that says on time. And then I think there was like almost there and like, um, going to miss it and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then the, the, the hand just goes, it's more like a compass. So it's like going between the different areas. Yeah. It's cool. Um, so the hero boy chases the girl uh, with a ticket, but he loses it outside. Oh, God, he's this the is... worst. Well, he's trying to do the right thing. No, he shouldn't have meddled. <laughs> he's like, I would have gotten that ticket if it weren't for you meddling kid. ticket was perfectly fine on the seat, and he's like, oh, I have to take it to her. And then he immediately goes outside and it just flies away, and he's like, Whoops. <laughs> it flies away because of his hesitation to cross the thing because he doesn't believe. Yeah. Uh, well, at least that was what I was kind of gathering from it. But And then it flies away and is... Oh, I love this sequence. Oh, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> no, we're having sure. just I was such like, an opposing day today. <laughs> again, I didn't mind. I was just like, oh, am I the person who doesn't believe? Am I not going to hear the bells, Lois? <laughs> yep. Santa's not coming for you this Christmas. Uh, that's right. I don't deserve anything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so sad. Uh, so, you know, the ticket, like, flies through the wind and alongside the train and then gets uh, grabbed by an eagle and, uh, like, chased around by wolves and stuff and then ends up flying back onto the train because it's Christmas. It's Whatever. Chris- the magic of Christmas. The magic of Chrysler. <laughs> magic of Chrysler. <laughs> uh, and the conductor, unfortunately, does uh, find that the girl doesn't have a ticket. And so he's like, oh, come with me. And he takes her out the back. And the, the know-it-all kid's like, he's going to throw her off the train. That's the law. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, stupid kid. <laughs> stupid kid. He's not going to throw her off the train. What are Although, you I about? did really want to see the conductor yeet a girl off the train. Because <laughs> 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 this film could have taken a really dark turn. <laughs> 10,000 points for the use of yeet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, he he goes like out the back uh, through the car that Billy's in, and uh, as Hero Boy like does chase him through this time, so he goes over the coupling, so he does start to believe. Uh, they go upstairs, and so like he's like, okay. I so guess this I'm- is once she's gone to talk to the lonely boy, and she's come back and found that her ticket is missing, and then he finds he finds the ticket is still there, and he grabs it again when the conductor's taken her out. Yes, supposedly so to throw to- her off the train. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, but he's taking her like up to the top of the train. Yeah. Um, which is really a long way around if you think about it. Yeah. Well, they kind of show why he did that later. Yeah. Because of the obstruction in the car in front yes. of them. Yes. Uh, so as, as, as the hero boy kind of climbs on the top of the cart, he meets a hobo, I guess. Yeah. I saw lots of people, um, commenting cause I watched this on YouTube. I saw a lot of people commenting that they really didn't like the hobo character because it didn't add anything, but I thought. It added that mystery. Yeah, and I think it's the same vein the as creepiness the and yeah. Well, especially because like so he asks the hero boy, Well, do you what's your position on this Santa Man kind of thing? It wouldn't have surprised me if if this like a uh, hobo character it on, would only appear to the hero boy. Like he's there to Well, don't they address that? Doesn't doesn't the conductor say Oh, one time I nearly fell off and someone saved me, but I never got a good look at them. Yeah. So like, he's only there when he's needed. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's like a part of the the Polar Express thing. Yeah, you it's know, like it's, it's, it's maybe to, like the embodiment of the train itself, kind yeah. of thing. But it's there to like challenge them and stuff. Yeah. Like that. But I, I, yeah, I, I did like it. I, yeah, I thought, I it, was thought good. it was a good addition because it gave the hero boy someone to talk. It was like one of the few times that he actually talked about his doubts. Because he couldn't talk to any of the other children about his doubts. He can't narrate. And he can't talk to, like, the conductor. There's no one for him to talk to in the movie. So I think that was probably why this edition was made. Because this was, like, basically the only time he got to say anything about what he was feeling. Yeah, so they discussed And have someone actually listen to him. Yeah. And they discuss, you know, is do you think Santa's real? Do you think ghosts are real? Which is an yeah. interesting comparison. Yeah, so I liked, that's what I was going to say. So I liked when he was like, 
what's your, what, what's your position on this Santa guy? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, well, what do you think about ghosts? And he's like, I don't believe in them. Or he shakes his head. And the guy goes, oh, interesting. Which is great. It's like there's no definitive sort yeah. of response. It's, it's really. And I thought it was really creepy as well because he's just met, he's alone and he's just met this guy on top of the train. And then we do see this guy like appear and disappear later. And it's like, well, is he a ghost? Like, As an adult, you know, like there's something up with him because obviously, you know, he. A, he disappears a bunch, yeah. and but like there's a fire going on top of the train in the middle of the snow and the wind and everything, and he could you know pour coffee with like magical accuracy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. In the end, so the homo decides to help him like take this ticket to this girl, uh, but he did kind of disappears into the uh, the night as kind of like the because it's really hard to see on top of the train. And then he comes back with skis on. And he's like, oh, yeah, we've got to duck because in, like, a little bit, like, there's going to be a tunnel with, like, one inch of clearance and we're going to die. But you couldn't just go, like, right back to the end of the, the cabin you're on. Yeah. Uh, you have weird. to You have to ski. And he's like, why are you going to ski? Because then, like, they start going up. And he's like, okay, this is weird. And then, like, as they obviously what goes up must come down. And so they, like, go on this massive, like, downward slope. And so they ski down the cows, which is cool, kind of a cool scene, actually. Yeah. And then uh, into the engine car, although the... Hobo disappears as yeah. he does so. And then they arrive in the engine cab where the girl is driving the train. Yeah. <laughs> because the two slapstick characters in this film are trying to fix the light out front. I love the engineers. I thought it was so funny. They were kind of dorky. I really liked, like, I really liked the archetype that one of them was short and fat and one it's of them was tall Costello, and Yeah. Yeah, I really liked that. I just, I thought they were funny the whole time they were on screen. Yeah. No, I, I, I um, enjoyed them as well. They have to stop the train very fast uh, because there's caribou uh, yeah. in the way. Yeah, and I uh, so something really important about this scene is comes into play later is um, the hero boy's indecision starts to affect the hero girl because mm. so, he keeps asking, "Are you sure?" Yeah, so he's the whole way through, like he's been asking the other kids questions, like, "Oh, well, what do you, what what do you think of that? Where are we going? Like, what's happening?" Whereas the other kids are happy to just like be and just let it happen. Whereas he's like constantly asking questions, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But in this scene where they have to stop the train, when he first gets in there, she goes, this is the brake. This is the throttle. throttle, um, And this is the whistle. And then they suddenly have to stop the train really fast. And he, and she points at what is the brake and goes, that's the brake. And he goes, but this looks like the brake. And then suddenly, are you sure? Are you sure? And suddenly she's doubting herself and she didn't do that before. Mm. And then this plays in later when he again says they have to go go somewhere within Sanders' house. He again is like, "Are you sure?" And she straightens her back and goes, "Yes, I'm sure." Yeah. And she Buzz she off. she like breaks free of his doubt. Yeah. And I I thought this was like a really important character. Yeah, like I said, I think her two. arc is really really good. Yeah. They do end up clearing the caribou by uh, making one of the engineers <laughs> shout by pulling his beard. Yeah. Science. Science. Uh, but then they gain speed because the engineers goof up the uh, the throttle and, like, pull out a pin and so they can't stop it from accelerating. And, like, they're gaining speed and gaining speed and then they, like, start going down, like, the fastest, like, 180. It's like a 179-degree uh, angle. angle in, yeah. like, decline. Yeah. So the, at this when they go down this incline and then up and then down again, um, so basically like a roller coaster. The conductor, the hero girl and the hero boy are all standing on the front of the train. Yeah. But he's just like, <laughs> yeah, the conductor's just like, oh, I'm just going to tie us here. Well, yeah, I guess we're here now. Yeah, tie us in, yeah. Um, yeah. And they land on the ice. Yeah. Like uh, where the tracks are like, have, have gone, have been covered by the ice on this lake. Although why they were on top of a lake before doesn't really make sense. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, there's a lot of physics defying here. Is like the train, like not it doesn't tip over and doesn't crash, and like it's five carriages behind just swing to the left and right without falling over. But it's Christmas, it's Christmas magic. I know it's Christmas magic and Christmas miracle. And then so they end up kind of facing in reverse where they've come and just like on the ice, and then the pin that they uh, that fell off and started this whole shebang like digs into the ice and starts cracking. Starts it. cracking it. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. And so he's like, get us out of here. And so they start reversing the train and then swinging around. Yeah. So this is all like tense, basically. And they're having to direct, swing a little bit this way, swing a little bit that way. Because to aim the, for a narrow ravine. Yeah, the ravine where the tracks start again. Yeah. Which, again, yeah, as you said, wouldn't work. Like, 
the motion once it started one direction would just go one direction. Also, there's zero chance you could start a train on ice. On ice, yeah. Never, never ever. It's not going to happen, but yeah. And I do like the nod when they get back in the train of the know-it-all boy being like, it looked like we were on ice, but that's not possible because the train wouldn't work on ice. <laughs> I did like that. We that are was all funny. that kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're like, sh- you're, like, you're simultaneously like, shut up. And then also like, but you are correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the hero boy gets to give back the ticket. Yeah. So he had it in his shoe because that's what the hobo said to do. Yep. And then his shoe starts coming off. The ticket flies away, but he and the hero girl manage to get it. Yeah. Uh, and then they have to walk through this, like, car full of, like, old, uh, thrown away, disused toys. This was the bit of the movie I didn't like, because uh, I really hate um, puppets yeah. and, like, waxwork figures. I get a feeling kids, a lot of kids would be freaked out by this. Um, so my reason that I hate, um, so I was actually a kid when this happened to me, um, I hate waxworks, and as an extension, I'm not a huge fan of, like, dolls and, like, lifelike looking dolls and um, puppets as so well. big on Man of Swords. No, I, I, I literally couldn't go in there. I would feel sick. And the reason is, is because when I was really little, I went to a, like, it was like an old colonial town with my parents and my sister. We went to, like, the schoolroom, right? And what I thought was a waxwork was sitting up the front, and he was, like, posed to look like a waxwork. And then I got up really close to him, and he started, he leaned down and started talking to me. And it scared the absolute bejesus out of me. And, like, I still remember that and it gives me shudders. And, like, so anything with, like, puppets like this, like, that start suddenly talking, I'm like, oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so then, like, as the conductor of the girl, like, passed through this cabin, I relatively, like, they go into the next one. The boy is, like, in there and then one of them starts talking to him. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, and, it, and as he looks up, it's being controlled by the, the Christmas hobo through the roof. Yeah. Which is creepy. Yeah. It's talking to him about his doubts. He's like, you're a doubter. You're a doubter. I'm not sure, like, yeah, again, I'm not sure why. Just it, this scene in particular just seems like the homo is being mean to him. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they, so they get to the North Pole. Uh, so they start pulling in uh, and as they're told, as they're pulling in, that uh, they're here because one of the passengers on board this tram will get given the first gift of Christmas by Santa. I love that idea. It is. It's I very loved cool. it in the book as well. I think that's... It's very original. It's a really lovely idea. Mm. I've written here, Billy remains so boy. Oh, no, Billy remains so boy and girl, not Billy remains so boy. <laughs> yeah, so the kids get out of the train is what you were trying to say. Yes. And Billy stays in his car, who's the lonely boy. This is when his story gets so sad. <laughs> yeah, please use his full title, Billy the Lonely Boy. Billy the Lonely Boy. He's called Billy the Lonely Boy. Oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Um, So... They go to his car and they're like... You boy and girl, everyone else. The, goes the hero boy and girl, yeah. And they're like, why aren't you going to come meet Santa? And he's like, we've like already Christmas had the doesn't... song. We've already had the song where he's like... Oh, yeah. Uh, the sad song that they sing where he's like, yeah, and like no one comes for Christmas and yeah. stuff. <laughs> like, and the girl's like, Christmas magic though. And trying to like elbow yeah, him. And like, then it's he's okay, just right? like, but no one comes and loves me. <laughs> and she's like, Christmas is magic and wonderful. And he's like, eternal sadness Christmas. <laughs> So you already know that this kid's, like, got it pretty rough. And, like, you've had that hinted by, like, his house and where he lived when they picked him up. And also his clothes and everything. Like, everyone else has really lovely pyjamas on and he's got, like, what looks like a total hand-me-down nightshirt and Wellingtons on. So he looks like a nerd. No. A lonely nerd. No. (laughs) Also, the other thing I noted was that he is the young, like, looks like the youngest kid on the train. Yeah, my father. Um... Like, for the adults in the audience, it's like he's going to have to accept reality a lot quicker than these well-off kids. Yeah. Which is really sad as well. It's like, and yeah, so basically he's like, Christmas never happens for me. Yeah, he's like, it never works out. It never works out, which is just like... Actually, you know what's really effective is that they he repeats the line. Yeah. Like, immediately afterward. Like, he just can't escape that mindset. Yeah. And he's probably, I reckon they were probably going for about six Six or seven. I wish the other kids are more probably more like nine or ten. Yeah. It's and, heartbreaking. Yeah. And as they're trying to talk to him, uh, the boy in stepping into the car has again goofed up. Oh, my God. And de-hitches the, the last thing. And then they're like, oh, no, we're moving backwards down a hill. Yeah. So they um, they end up on this sort of roller coaster in the There's last. A lot of roller coaster inspired bits in this. Kids like that stuff. Kids love roller coasters. Yeah. I did not like roller coasters when I was a kid. But, like, I don't think a lot of kids actually like roller coasters, but they like 
that kind of stuff in movies. Yeah. That's just, like, wild and wacky, because it just gives them something to look at. Uh, they end up landing in Santa's workshop. Yeah. Uh, like, in, in just, like, the train hub, I guess. Uh, yeah. They kind of get off and have to find a way out. I, I know I've said this about every bit, but I really like this bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've said this about every bit. I've been like, I like this bit. So they end up sneaking through, uh, like, Elf Command... Uh, where, like, you see them... Uh, this is a weird little... little the Jewish thing. elves. Right, you saw it too. The Jewish elves were so good. I couldn't tell if it was racist or not. No, they were I elves. Think, I think it's... No, no, I don't think it's... I think it's that, like, obviously Jewish people don't celebrate Christmas, oh, so it doesn't matter that they're working on Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, I think that was the inclusion. Okay. So one of them says, um, is it Meshuggah? That's how you know they're yeah. Jewish, because he uses the Yiddish phrase. Um, you don't really see them, like, close up or anything. And, like, it's not like these elves might be Jewish or that particular elf might be Jewish. It might not be all of them, but yeah. it's just like, I just thought that was really funny because, like, yeah, I think that's probably why they did it is because Jewish people wouldn't celebrate Christmas. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's no, really good. And they're, like, they're trying to sort out this is, like, this kid who's done something naughty and he's, like, Oh, we'll let him off this time. Yeah, put but- him on the put him on the look twice list next year. <laughs> and then um, they're they're just putting the last present on, and that's Felix present. Yeah, so they they've they've done like a level seven bow. What at this time <laughs> he's gonna go in five minutes? I did love this dialogue here. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. He's like, what are they thinking up there? Yeah. <laughs> like different. I just love like. Christmas elf bureaucracy idea. Yeah, have you seen Arthur Christmas? No. That takes this idea of, like, North Pole operation being, like, a real, like, military or, like, business operation, but it goes kind of more military and it, like, runs with it. It is it is such a good movie. I would really recommend Arthur Christmas to everybody. Like, you think it's going to be really stupid from the, like, premise, but actually it's really funny. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, they find Billy's present and Billy goes chasing after onto one of the conveyor belts. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, they go through the, the, the belt slide and then it ends up dumping them into... Uh, this giant pile of presents, which then starts getting surrounded Stop by jumping them on Santa's sack. <laughs> yeah, this is PG rated, possibly. <laughs> um, and the, as like as they're standing at, like this pile of presents, and Billy's like, "Oh, this is my present. I've wanted it for ages." And he doesn't open it or anything because it says, uh, "Only do not open before Christmas." Yeah. And then you see like uh, big like alert lights like in a factory, and then this big red uh, like bag start to rise around them as it's like, "What? This is the bag that's going to be going in Santa's sleigh." Yep. Uh, which is uh, cool. And then like, it just gets like lifted in the air by two Zeppelins. Yep. And so they're, they're launched out by the, you know, they fly across the sky and then they you know, narrowly avoid knocking over the Christmas tree. Uh, by this point, the conductor and all the other kids are already like in the... The, the, the square. Yeah, the, the yeah. square for this big presentation. Waiting for Santa. There's this team of flying elves that do like acrobatics and the Zeppelin and stuff. It's really cool. Well, that's when they need to make the Zeppelin lighter. So but like nine elves jump off. Yeah. <laughs> And then the rest of them, like, they can't quite get the, get the Zeppelin to ride in time, so they, like, almost knock the star off the tree. Yeah. Um, but they didn't save it And just. that poor elf nearly gets decapitated. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that would have been an awkward Christmas for yeah. everyone. <laughs> Zero days since last workplace fatality. <laughs> but they, the kids get helped out. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, we knew you were in there the whole time. Yeah. Oh, and um, know-it-all boy is in there as yeah, well. Yeah, he snuck in. He's like, I opened my present. It was just full of underwear. Yeah, and he's like, I was looking for all my presents, but there was only one in there, and it's underwear. And you're like, yeah, you don't even deserve that, you little brat. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. I thought that was a weird addition, because I didn't think we were actually supposed to really actively dislike him until that moment. And then I was like, oh, are we supposed to actively dislike yeah, him? Yeah, I feel like you kind of get a message after you... Like, but the thing is, I could have done without that inclusion, because A, I don't think it really adds anything, and B, just this specific bit where, he's, where he joins him in the final yeah. presents. Because, and, and B, you kind of get the point of that character when he gets handed back his punch ticket at the end. Yeah. And you could have already got that from everything he's done. Yeah. You don't this, need this, that added bit. Yeah, this is probably one of the things confusing. I felt could have been, yeah, cut. Yeah. So the, this big presentation starts happening, Santa starts coming out, and the, the elves are, like, operating these reindeer, um, or, or they're leading them out. Leading them out, and the reindeer are flying, so it takes, like, eight elves per reindeer to, like, keep them down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I and, liked that. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, one of the... Um, Bells falls off, and the boy like can't quite see Santa, so he's starting to get real, real tense. Like, and you can see like his, his feelings of doubt like start to yeah. surface as this is all like really happening because he's like, I can't see Santa, and everyone else. Yeah. Can. Well, so first of all, we we've had the thing with the bells, so this is where the hero girl says to him, "No, I know what I'm doing." So when they're going through Santa's workshop, 
She's following the sound of the bells, and the hero boy can't hear them. Billy can too. Billy can, he can too. Also hear them. Yeah, he doesn't initially, but then he does. And when they bring out after they bring out the reindeer, they bring out the bells to put along the reindeer's um, like harness. Every time the elves jump and the bells ring, everybody cheers. The hero boy's like, "What is everyone cheering about?" And he can see the bells moving, and he can see everyone cheering. He's like, "Well, I can't hear anything. Why can't I hear the bells?" Yeah. So, so he just stands there like as this bell falls off and falls like rolls right in front of him, which is very prominence. Uh, he, uh, he's like, okay, I'm just going to force myself to do it. I'm going to believe. Like, I want to believe. And as he believes, he can start to hear the bells, which yeah. is a very magical moment. Yeah. And well, I, and I mean that quite genuinely. Like, it is quite heartwarming. Like, it's, it's as much as I said, like, it, I feel like the journey of, of this character is a little bit static at times and it feels a little strange. It does, like, pay off. I, I think it's partly because, so the journey feels... Like, the hero boy's journey, the literal hero's journey of the book, feels paced, feels well-paced. But they didn't actually add anything for his journey in the movie. Yeah, in that they middle segment. They just added spacing with other people's journeys. So then that's why it feels static. Yeah, that's a, I, think, I think you've nailed it there. Yeah, like, yeah. And then uh, even more magically, the boy's like, he goes to Santa and is like, I think this fell off one of your reindeer. Like, he hands back this bell that means so much to him. And Santa's like, oh, thank you. And um, uh, I am Tom Hanks. <laughs> he also says it in this voice that's kind of like, thanks, I don't really need this, but whatever. <laughs> Thank you, small child. <laughs> you are dismissed. Uh, and then he's like, um, who am I going to give the first gift to? And he's like, oh, Billy, I see you've already, you know, you've, you've got some friends, the greatest gift of all. I have so many issues. <laughs> Why? Okay, so he's like, so all through the movie, it's been like, this child is desperately poor. He's never had a proper Christmas. And this character's completely added. Like, it's not in the book at all. And so I feel it really undermines the whole story when the hero boy gets the first present of Christmas, when there's this other much more deserving child standing there who, like, yeah, he has had a journey and he's got friendship and he does have a present waiting for him. But... We've learned throughout the movie that he's never had a proper Christmas before. So doesn't he deserve the first present of Christmas? I did think that, but uh, like, but then I was like, he's never going to get the gift because it's obviously going to Hero Boy. No, I know that. From a narrative point of view, it has to go to Hero Boy. And obviously that's what happens in the book because it's ca- cause Lonely Boy doesn't exist in the book. But I'm like, Lonely screenwriters, boy. you've kind of messed up here because I'm rooting for Lonely Boy to get the first present of Christmas because... He's had a really hard... Because he's Lonely Boy. His name is literally Lonely Boy. His name is Lonely Boy, and he's never had Christmas before, and I'm so upset. Yeah, he seems satisfied, but I'm like, man, I would have felt a little bit ripped off. Yeah, I would have been like, um... And then I was like, maybe Hero Boy is going to give Lonely Boy his present. That was my thought. No. (laughs) But at least he doesn't wish for, like, a car or something like like that, you know? I was like, oh, no, Lonely Boy. Um... (laughs) So, uh, he, so Hero Boy is selected for the first gift, although Santa does quickly pass over um, Hero Girl and he's like, ah, good job. <laughs> and then also to, uh, to Know-It-All, who he's like, cut it out. Yeah. Uh, and then he gives, uh, he's like, Hero Boy, you have one. And I, they, I like that they lift the line straight from the book. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what it is. He's like, uh, well, let's have this one. Yeah. Uh, let's have this fellow. Yes. A fellow. What a Christmassy word. Yeah. <laughs> And he, so he gets caught up in the sleigh. He's like, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, and, you know, he could have anything he wants, uh, but he wishes for the bell because that's the sound that is very meaningful to him. Yeah. And, and then puts it in his pocket. Like an idiot. <laughs> like a dumb idiot. Like a dumb idiot who doesn't deserve the Christmas, the first present of Christmas. He puts it in his pocket, which has a hole in it. And he knew had a hole in it. <sighs> he has two pockets. Yeah. He knows there's a hole in his pocket because we've seen him put his hand in his pocket earlier in the movie to get his ticket and find the hole. So Lonely Boy wouldn't have made that mistake. That's what I'm saying. Lonely Boy would have treasured that. You're on, you're on a nice edge, Hero Boy. You better rein yourself in. You done hacked up, Hero Boy. Um, and then Santa flies off. Yeah. To do Christmas things. Well, uh, I assume deliver presents. Well, yeah, that's Christmas things. Okay. Uh, to do his, his job, his cushy one-day-a-year job. <laughs> Um, and then the rest no, of kids... his rest of the year job is being a dictator of a small, of a Futurama. small European nation. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, and so everyone gets back on the train to get ready to go, and everyone's like, "Oh, show me the bell! Show me the bell! You, you know, you got picked for Christmas. Show us the magic bell." And then he's like, "Oh no, I lost it! Like I done a, goofed. like a goofus." I thought I was a gallant, but really I was a goofus. Um, we get the bit before this when the conductor's punching everyone's tickets and they yes. get back on the train. And they finish spelling out the word that they have. Yeah. Know it all boys is learn. Uh, hero girls is lead. <laughs> She's like, this says lead. <laughs> like a lead balloon. And you're like, <laughs> how are you so smart most of the time? But now you're real dumb. Um, and then lonely boys... Says like three different things. Yeah, it keeps changing. Yeah, like, uh, uh, I think it's listen to or not listen to, but like confide. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's basically like accept the help and support of others yeah. is like, but in several different phrases. Trust every in, time. yeah, trust in, yeah, that kind of thing. And and he's like, yes, I I know now that I need to have friends, basically. <laughs> um, and here a boy gets believed, which yeah. Yana knew was coming anyway. Uh, so he gets back on the train, uh, doesn't have his, his present anymore, and everyone's like, we'll all go find it, and then the train starts pulling away, and so it's just very sad. Yeah. Uh, he gets off the train. That's what happens when you don't look after your things. Yeah, they do drop because it. Because you're an entitled rich child who doesn't value possessions. <laughs> you really turned around the hero boy here. <laughs> um, just have a lot of feelings about Lonely Boy. <laughs> well, Lonely Boy gets dropped off first. And you see as the train's pulling away, he's like, my present's already yeah, here. Yeah, and his, you, his house is like a, a Christmas tree and yeah. decorations have appeared. So things are on the upper lonely boy. Yeah. Maybe his parents will rename him, but yeah. the boy. <laughs> um, and the boy uh, returns home, hero boy returns home and wakes up on Christmas morning. His, you know, his sister wakes him up and there's like a, there's a, there's a train going around there, all their presents and stuff. Like they seem to have started opening presents without him. No, I think it time jumps because it goes to her calling for the parents. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then and yeah, they I think find it time jumps present, to yeah. after they've, Open the yeah, where they find one more little present uh, wrapped up behind the tree. And he opens it, and it's a bell. And a letter from Mr. C. Yeah. Which says, Saw your dumb pockets, you idiot. Yeah. I found this in my sleigh. Thought I'd better give it back to you. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Three times this thing's made its way to you, kid. What's up? Yeah. And uh, so he, he jingles it, and he and his sister can hear it. And then the parents come in, and they're like, yeah, like Oh, that's broken. Oh, what's that? And they jingle it, and they can't hear it. Because they don't believe. And then and then there's this like final sad bit of narration, which is just like, over time, no one else could hear the bell. Yeah, even like, my sister. Even my sister. I mean, he's like, but I could always hear it because I believe. And so can <laughs> anyone always hear it because I'm crazy. <laughs> um, oh, God. It's quite sad. It is sad. Uh, you know, those are like, a, it's, and for adults, that's very confronting. It's just like, hey, you're old. You don't get Christmas. <laughs> you don't get it anymore. And, uh, and to be honest, I actually... <laughs> I, I, I know this is like a film for kids and everything, but I was, given that this does have a tilt for adults, I was a little surprised. I know it says like, and, and, but any, and anyone who believes. I felt like it was a little, that they don't believe a lot of people can feel the magic of Christmas. And I don't think that's necessarily true. No, I think it's that particular magic of believing in Santa. I, I didn't see it like that. I thought it was nicely bittersweet. Uh, and that's the end. So, Lois, do you recommend the Polar Express book slash film? I recommend both. I think they're both really good. I recommend listening to Liam Neeson read it because it's great. Yeah, I will second that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'm happy to recommend both. I think they're both uh, good. If you can, I, I, I couldn't stop thinking about the CGI the whole film, but I really was focusing on it so, for the purpose of the podcast. So, uh, yeah, it was. It, it's not unbearable, like in by any means. It's just uh, when I was looking at faces, I was like. Mm. Yeah, you might, or you might have my experience, which is where it doesn't bother you at all. And you just think constantly about a lonely boy. Yeah, and you're really angry about lonely boy. <laughs> the true protagonist. <laughs> uh, what else are you into aside from lonely boys and Christmas gifts? <clears throat> I rewatched, and we've uh, we've talked about it because we did an episode on it. But um, I rewatched Thor Ragnarok. It held up. Still surprise. <laughs> yeah, one year later. I really liked it. Um, it's my first time rewatching it with subtitles on because um basically the movie theaters around where i live aren't very good about having like audio loops so i can like never get them to uh check into my hearing aid so i often miss a lot when i go to the movies and so yeah it's usually nice for me to be able to re-watch stuff at home so i can have the closed captioning on and yeah i really enjoyed it with the closed captioning partly because i understood a lot of bits that i hadn't understood the first time but um Partly 
because some bits were really hilarious with the way the closed captioning was. Like I posted on Facebook, there was a bit where the bit where Hela's just like destroying Asgard's forces and there was a bit of her just like slicing dudes and then the caption was just men groaning, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend that as a rewatch. It's great. Uh, I'm going to recommend a show on Netflix, uh, which is also magic related, but not Christmas magic, real magic. Well, ma- magician magic. Uh, so not real. No, not real. Um, so, but it's, it's literally about that. So it's called Pen and Teller Fool Us. Oh, I've watched that. Yeah. yeah. And so it's about, uh, you know, probably the world's two most famous magicians, Penn and Teller, who uh, have been in Vegas doing shows for ages. Uh, and they invite uh, other magicians to come and uh, do like one trick and give them an attempt to fool them into, you know, not knowing how it's done. And as experienced magicians, that's very hard. Um, but yet some people have managed to do it. And um, it's just a very entertaining show if you're into magic and that sort of thing. And the best part is they, they do it in such a way that they don't really give away like how the trick is done, which is obviously a huge part yeah. of, of being a magician. I really like that show. It's it's so good when it's it's so good how supportive and lovely it is. Both when they can't fool them, but they've done it really well. Um, like they've done their trick really, really well. But Penn and Teller are like, oh, sorry, we do actually know how that's done. Yeah, but they can recognize when it's performed well. Yeah, they're like, I love your spin on it. Or they they're always really supportive. But the ones where they do actually fool them, and they're like, we have no idea how you did that, are, are so great because. A magician fooling magician is such a like a, a concept everyone wants to yeah, see. Yeah, they're so overjoyed when they when they get fooled, and which is like, the point of the show. Like, yeah, that's what they want to do. It's lovely. It is a quite a lovely show. I mean, some of the people who go on, like some of the performers, are like real awkward because they're magicians. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then the awkward people become magicians. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it's it is a good show. Yeah, it's very good. Next time we're doing the Born Identity. Where well, I'm doing the Born Identity. Lois isn't. She's going to be away. Doing spy work. Yeah. Oh my god, she's Jason Bourne. I am Bourne. Jason Bourne. Oh my god, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite Vine series. Um, I have never seen this film. Oh, really? No. Cat oh. uh, loves it. So we'll be doing that. So if you want to read up uh, or watch up, go get the go get your Bourne on. Yeah, I, I will be away with family, so that's why I won't be here. Uh, you can find and contact us at wereadthebook at gmail.com and on Twitter at readthebookpod and on Facebook at the We Read the Book discussion group. Please join us. It's fun. You can subscribe to us on iTunes uh, or Stitcher for Android and we will appear in your ears fortnightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we always uh, we always appreciate uh, ratings and reviews if you have a couple of minutes to spare. Uh, and we'd like to thank the Dada Weatherman for the use of our theme song, Human Life. And that's going to do it for us here at We Read the Book this time and for 2018. We hope you have a fantastic Christmas and a great new year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I've been Adam the Lonely Boy. And I've been Lois the Know-It-All Boy, Mitchell. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.